My name is Big O, and this is my wife, Stacy. Hello. And welcome to the Speak Therapy Podcast. From TV shows and movies that shaped our lives to matters of love and relationships. This husband and wife team tackle hot topics, movies, our culture, and the community. With just a little spice, always something unexpected. Straight talk, no chasing. Welcome back to the Speak Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Big O, with my wife, Stacy, in the building. As always. So, we are back. It is COVID-19. The pandemic is at full strength. Um, some places are bending the curve. Some are not. Some are flattening the curve. We just wanted to give you guys something to listen to. We're going to be talking about the Netflix top 10 movies that are streaming. Um, so, Stacy, you want to elaborate a little bit? Yeah, so, you know, we're all in this pandemic, so a lot of movies coming out, a lot of people watching them. So the last time we we saw a show on Netflix, this top 10 popped up. So we thought, hmm, why don't we pick one each week? We'll talk about it with you guys and give a little review. So we think, what do we decide on? We're going to call it, you know, the the. quarantine streaming oflix of the week all right i like that <laughs> as long as my name is in the title i like that oh my gosh yes and netflix is too i don't know if we're supposed to say netflix or not um, they don't mind we're watching their shit shout out <laughs> shout out to the flicks okay all right so here we are all day and a night we're going to review that there are a few spoilers so spoiler alert if you spoiler haven't alert. seen it so what i don't want to do is give a regurgitation of the movie scene by scene because that's not what we're doing we want to give a overall review of the movie and how it impacts people of color and living in chicago we are a densely populated african-american city and there is a ton of violence so all day and a night centers around a young man in Oakland um beautiful city but he is growing up in a violent violent household neighborhood so we we just want to talk about that impact and Stacy had some things she wanted to touch on and stuff I wanted to talk about because I have a unique perspective as well so um so let me say this so it's so all day and a night is in the Netflix top 10 this week so we picked it um, and we watched it just yesterday. So it's fresh in my head. But yeah, exactly. So it is definitely it's heavy. Let me start by saying it's heavy. But heavy. Um, it, you know, it was pretty good. It's a pretty accurate uh, portrayal of of sort of the, the theme. And and you know who directed it, right? Oh, that's yeah. So the, the director is Joe Robert Cole. Um, he also did Black Panther. So he was the brother oh. that directed Black Panther. Um, and I believe he's from the, the Bay Area. And so what he did was bring Oakland to life for black mm-hmm. people. More the gritty side of Oakland, but he still yeah. brought it to life. and the got hood. Yeah, he let me see what the hood in Oakland look like. I know what Chicago hoods look like. So no. it's always <laughs> great to see when, when directors incorporate neighborhoods into the fabric of the movie and gives you some of that culture right. there were some things i saw and we were trying to explain to serenity like oh, the, yeah the like bicycle the yeah, yeah like that is they a like that is a heavy 
heavy California West Coast thing. Culture. Yeah. And that's part of their their culture, the the you know, pimping out the bikes and the, yo, them shits are fly. So <laughs> okay. no, we all have something culturally tied to us, no matter what city we live in, that makes us all different, which is beautiful. Facts. So I I'm excited about the movie. Um I wanna read a quote from the director. Okay. Um, he said it was tough by design. It acts a lot of the audience is asking you to enter a world where hope is scarce for two hours. Yeah. It's right? a long movie. It definitely it, it, was two it, hours. It's two hours. It, it, it's, it opens up with a bang, right? It, it Literally. Opens up. <laughs> it, well, you know what? <laughs> We're not going to tell the movie. Well, but I, I can, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll give some context to the intro. It opens up with him committing a murder, and then the movie goes in reverse. Right. Right. So right. so that's the way it's shot. So it, the way it was shot was he's already made his decision. It already lets the audience know he has decided to make a decision that will fuck his life up <laughs> forever. No, no. So it, did it, he know that? So so because now we've watched it. So did he do you think that he knew that? Was that what was the point of doing it that way? Um, I've seen a lot of movies that have done that. Um okay that mind bending experience where you get to see the end. Right. You get to see the net result of what a person did, but you don't get to see what led up to that point. So I, I love watching movies when it, when it goes in reverse like that Okay, and kind of, you know, let you see like, God damn, he could have made a left turn, a right Right, turn. He could have went straight. Right. You know, there was a movie a long time ago. You may not have seen it called, um, the usual suspects. No, 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 not well. Usual Suspects did it, but it was a movie by one of your favorite directors. It was called Memento, right? Who was that? By who? He did Inception. He did Dark Knight, right? Brilliante. Right. So Christopher Nolan did did that movie, and I believe it was Christopher Nolan. I hope I'm not mistaking him. But anyway, Memento was one of those movies where it was done in reverse. You see the end. So I love that style of of of. of movie making. Yeah. So let's let me run down the characters, right? Okay. Ashton Sanders. Um he was in Moonlight. Um The Wu Tang story. He was in the Wu he's the risen in the Wu Tang story. I seen him in the Equalizer. So I seen his young brother. He's on the come up. Um yeah. Raspy voice. Yeah. He plays he's a very intense actor. Yeah, his his level of intensity and um I think he's part of that new pack of, of young dudes on the rise. Him, Michael B. Jordan, you know, so okay. on and so forth. I think he's younger than them, right? Or not? Um, he might be a little younger, but in terms of people, you you're starting to see with frequency, right? Is I see Ashton Sanders quite a bit, and okay. um, I think I think that young dude, he he has some range. He's I love him. I do. I think he's a good actor. Yeah, from what I've seen, I I do agree with that. So he plays Jacor. Um, young brother who has rap dreams, but he he has both feet in the hood, right? He he's living that shit. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey Wright plays his father, JD. Yeah. Yep. Right. I love Jeffrey Wright. Like Jeffrey Wright to me is um must view for me. Like whatever he's in, I'm gonna sit down and watch. Okay. Because everything I've seen, I like them too. I mean, I'm 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 not you know I'm, that's it's not a must see, but I think he's a good actor. He's a well, I'm, he's a must see for, <laughs> for me. you. Okay. I'm you. just saying whatever don't Jeffrey get, Wright, what Jeffrey Wright is on. Extra. I'm, I'm no, I mean saying. because you know what? Because here's the problem. Like you got you go from Denzel, Sam Jackson. Oh my God. Are we still including Denzel? In no, no, no. But like Denzel is always gonna be like <laughs> of the top of the mountain. But then once 1, you start, 
once you start going down going down these different levels yeah you know morgan freeman is not as active sam jackson is always gonna give you motherfucker but they're in a different age generational they are so what i'm trying what i'm trying to say is over Jeffrey Wright is is, is filling that void okay. of okay this is a serious male black actor right, right. he yeah. ain't the, he's not the coon actor yeah I at first so when I first saw him you know in in the movie I my initial thought was he might be overacting but I realized very quickly that that's that Oakland culture yeah that's that Oakland yeah, sort was, of vibe and feel and hood you know the hood shit so right um I, I I understood that. Yeah, so I don't think he was overacting. I thought he, and plus he was trying to go between two different time periods, right? We got Jeffrey Wright as the young father, right, and then we got Jeffrey Wright as the older man. Yeah. So I think he he was trying to bring out the, you know, motherfucker, yeah, motherfucker, I'll fuck you up. Like he was bringing right, that right, energy. Right, right. And then he was more, he was still hood, but he was a little wiser as an older as a man. Older person. So I thought it. it but it, he definitely depicted, so, um, and obviously, so the whole, you know, it's already out there that basically is, is really the, the story of this young man and mm-hmm. how he ended up in, in the same prison as his father. So that's the context, that's the story. Um, uh, that's what it's really about. And so what I will say, you know, the Jeffrey or JD that was in jail, the older, wiser had been through all his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he acted that out or the way he portrayed that character, it was very reminiscent of what you would think one sort of becomes for being in jail and living that type of life over the years. Yeah. He, he became what is um what we call a hardened criminal or what they say because he'd been in and out of jail so his whole life they'll say oh he knows how to bid right he knows how to do a bid that means he just he's he's accustomed to jail he he has so it's it's been in his so it's like it's in his dna i don't want to say it's in his dna because that's you know i don't believe in that well i think him being in being in and out of jail you know, being in jail longer than you've been alive is 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 a psychological thing to I, begin how, with. Wait, 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 is that possible <laughs> to be in jail? I mean, well, than like, alive? all right, I take that back. He's been in jail longer <laughs> than he was a free man on the street. There you go. I got right. You. So okay. that that that's so how prison I'm became it. his environment. Yeah, in, in which he yeah understood. Yeah, that's okay, why they okay, say okay. most people don't want to get out, like, because they they wouldn't function on the outside yeah. if they've been in jail for a significant amount of time. It, Absolutely, it's, it's like a shock to the system. Absolutely. So. Let's just talk about how Ashton Sanders' character, Jacor, his relationship with his father, do you think that had like a direct impact on how he became Hood? Because I, it, it shows a lot of domestic violence for him yeah. as a little boy, which is... What he, we call it now. Yeah, we call it domestic violence right. now, but back the way he they showed him as a young person, and I think this is ingrained in our culture. Yeah, he was getting a whooping, right? His yeah. father beat him for being soft. Right, right. That's very much a cultural thing. Well, not I won't even say a cultural thing. That's just a you know dad raising a kid in the way that they know how to live. Thing. Right. So, um, so what you're referring to is one of the scenes where, um you know, some kid on the playground took his toy and he came home and then his father like whooped his ass. But let me be clear, not like whoop, 
fat, whooped his ass. Like we probably would whoop a kid ass right now. Like he literally, you know, he gave him a gut punch. You know, the little boy, he beat him with something. It was yeah, a, like stick a stick or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah, with an object. And, and so it was excessive, but that's kind of how. Right. But you know how that works. I was told the same thing as a as a as a little boy. I remember getting into a fight and. and running home and my father was like yo next time get a he's bigger than you get a brick and hit him in the head right you the, know it's the that, lesson is the same the lesson is the but same your, but, your, but but did your dad then beat your ass because no but <laughs> my dad took me out there and made me fight this right. kid right i mean like, that's a that's slightly that's, different but it's still there's a slight difference it's, it's different yeah he didn't whoop me on us on the spot with a stick and like oh right. you ran from this kid right, no right. he made me go back outside and fight the so kid so the intention the intention is the same it, you know you, it's the same culture right it's that same thought process of you know you're a boy you have to learn how to become a man and these are mm-hmm, the things you do mm-hmm. the key difference though is that in jacor's situation there was violence um in the family and so that is the key. I think that's the key throughout the whole movie, actually, is the violence factor. Because, you know, I mean, I got my ass whooped. You know, I mean, there are things that, that as back in what, what 90s or whatever that was, 80s, 90s kids growing up, we got, you know, yeah, spankings. It's right. what they call it corporal punishment now. Yeah, it's corporal punishment. But <laughs> I said all that to say that... um psychologically it is basically a father saying oh you're gonna get walked over your whole life if you don't learn how to fight back now right right instead of instead of teaching the how to use logic how to use you know a thought process to to deal with someone on a different level so i think it's also the hood let's be clear yeah and his father was very clear if i don't toughen him up somebody else somebody's going yeah going he's going to get eaten alive well which is there's some truth to that right and so the, is it i think so absolutely if you know what type of environment that you're living in and you have experienced it as a you know he was a, a father he's experienced it he knows exactly in his mind what his son is going to go through and so he thinks that he is able to prepare him for that i mean that's but so the what what stands out for me is it's that mentality that keeps going generation after generation is that nobody seems to want to get out <laughs> and do something different. Now you want to introduce his, his friend, the next character. Yeah. So there were two characters. Um, one was a, uh, the young man was TQ. He was all T- hood. TQ. Right. And then his other friend who all he talked about from when they were little was, I'm leaving, I'm the, leaving hood. the hood. I don't right. want to be here. What was his name? Uh, I don't know. Look it up. You're part of the crack stab. Crack stab, look <laughs> it up. We're supposed to have this <laughs> ready. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Keep talking while I'm looking. Okay. It up. Well, I and I say that because you know the movie shows them as kids, so you know this is a common you know storyline where you've got a couple of boys that grew up together and they're very different. Even though they're in the same hood, they're they come from the same environment. You know, some of their family situations are a lot different. So. Um, it was interesting to see, and I think that's how they had to develop those characters. Because it would, because I'll tell you this: the plot moves fast in this yeah. movie. So his name was Christopher Meyer. His okay. name was Lamarck, and the the, Lamarck, the actor's that was name is name. Christopher Meyer. I've seen him in quite a few things. 
Okay. But, um, but Lamarck. Lamarck. So it's so it's so it's um Jacor, Lamarck, and TQ. T- Those are the three friends. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So even at a young age, there was one kid who came from a middle class family who looked at life like, hey, fuck this shit. I'm getting out of this shit. But the other two were like you know what, well, this is all we know and this is all we're going to do. So I, I feel like even at a young age that kids don't see any hope. Right. Right. And I think watching the movie, it was so intense. It, it, it gave a level of hopelessness to some young people. And you wonder, is that generational? Is that passed down through the mother's womb and then into the baby like you have zero hope and you are born into a life of bullshit so get used to it that that's, yeah. that's a scary outlook and it it, it 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 makes you fear for a lot of these young young uh black males who yeah don't see it there's no other way there so it's you know it's two part right it's systemic is mm-hmm. a part is one part is one perspective and not perspective but it's it's one um, part of what's happening. The other part is environmental and psychological. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even if you look at it from the mom's perspective, so she is dealing with somebody who they were in love. Clearly, I mean, it's not like you know he was gone and you know he was there. He just yeah, it was a two. Par- was. It was a two parent household. Yeah, but he just you know it's it also goes back to just this thing about you know just being a, a black man in America. I mean, that in itself, you know, has some weight. So I think um, it's hard for a lot of, uh, it's hard for thoughts to change in the same environment, right? So his son is growing up in in the exact same environment that he grew up in. Same hood, same streets, same Mm -hmm. drugs, same all of that. So how else can he prepare him for what he thinks he's going to come into. And on the flip side of that, how does Jacor, the son, feel like he could do anything different? You know, he's in the same environment. Environment plays a really strong um, part in this, you know. So I, I, I just think it's, and it's tough. It's a different, it's a definitely a tough situation. I, I always, when I see movies like this, I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be something that happens for the good <laughs> It's going to be like a silver lining somewhere, but this is straight grit. This movie is straight. Just the story. Yeah. It's just you, the journey. But you know what? There were no heroes in this story. Exactly. You know what? Even his one friend who did everything right goes, <laughs> you know, yeah, so he, to Afghanistan. It comes back, you know, yeah. paralyzed. So the one Lamarck, when they were little kept saying, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. Decided, I, you know, to go away to um to the army mm-hmm. and got injured came back and so um there was a me- that's a strong message too yeah. like <laughs> there's a, there's, here's here's a way out of the hood join the armed service here's another way out of the hood jacor's way you know let me rap here's yeah. another way out of the hood tq's way let me let me sell drugs but, but is rapping really a way out I, of the well hood? based on the based on the, the garbage i hear today <laughs> a, a lot of the, no a lot of these young people feel like Yo, this shit is easy. Let me do something. Put it on YouTube, yeah. and I'm good. Yeah, right. It, it's but how many actually make it? it I don't. I feel like it's not about making it. It's about the hope of making it. It's, it's just about, about focusing on something different. Yeah, you yeah. know. And there are a lot of young people who who do it, but it's like a lot of factors that yeah that go into it. But you know, let's not get bogged down. So 
moving forward, you know, we we the movie begins with him killing this fictional character Malcolm, the rival drug dealer, right? He gets killed instantly. Opens mm-hmm. up with a bang. But I think through the whole thing, um Jacora's character, you know, never was nurtured, right? He he mm-hmm. he he never had someone to say, you know what, I love you no matter what. Here's what's going on. And I think it 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 stunted his growth, right? He became a a, a father. He, you know, the the young lady he was dealing with, like, oh, I'm pregnant. And he feels like, all right, I want to do the right thing. I want to be a dad. But he can't get work because he's got a record. Yeah. Right? It's the systemic. Well, that's a, you know, so that's a heavy, that's a topic just, that's everywhere. Right. right? I want to work, but I can't work because I I got a record for petty bullshit. Right, right, right. And people, and, and just finding their way. I know when I was watching it and he finally did get a job, he got all those rejections, but some kind of way he came up on a job and he goes into the job like, looking like i mean remember remember i was like not prepared does he not have a name tag right (laughs) he had on like a a hoodie and some jeans so again this just goes back to um just not knowing how to do anything different and and what really was interesting is that his mother you know i they didn't really talk about like her life and yeah i wish i wish we could have got more of the perspective of She's a young mom because there's a lot of that, like the young mom and the grandma trying yeah. to raise a boy in the hood. Yeah, right? when, but but trying to raise a boy, maybe you have hope for your your son because yeah, you in the hood, but you might have hope for him. But how do you change or structure anything when your baby daddy? Because they they weren't married. So when your baby daddy is out in the street selling drugs, doing this, you know, being violent, I mean, it's just hard. How do you, I mean, that's the example. Yeah, but what, what you know, I, I can't judge people who, who live like that because in their mind, they have to survive. Okay. They have Agreed. to survive. And it's, it's like, what do you tell that mother? Not to take the money from the drug dealing boyfriend to pay the rent, to buy food, to no, buy yeah, pen. I, you know, I, I know, but it it's just a, but and it's I a tough call. You. It's almost like, well, what am I? I can't judge right. you for getting to the end I mean, of your that's destination. Who she was, you know. Let's okay. So keep in mind that he was doing that when they met. It wasn't like <laughs> I'm sure he was doing that when they when they met. So yeah, but you, you know, know, all sorts of people fall in love for all sorts of reasons. You know, and. There was a, 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 a quote in the movie, and it, I don't know why it stuck out to me, but the main character says, slavery taught us how to survive, but it did not teach black how people live. how to live. Yeah. And that was, you know, the screenwriter survival. put that line in, and, and that, that hits home because that's all we know how to do is survive. Survive on our jobs, survive in our neighborhoods, survive in our community. Like, whatever we got to do, we got to figure out how to survive yeah. rather than how do we live our best life. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, his friend, the one who went to war, Lamar, you know, he was, and so Jakar narrates the story mm-hmm. a little bit. And he said in his own narration, he says, you know, but not all of us live like this. You know, we have others. And that's when they showed his friend who had mom, dad there. Yeah, middle class, look, a middle, middle class, class family. family. So, I, so it, it's not that they don't see other black families doing this it's that 
they don't think they have the op- the same opportunity based on the environment and the situation they're in. So there's a disconnect between figuring out how to move out of or away from the situation they're currently in. They don't have the guidance maybe or the motivation or the means or the whatever it is, but that that's the disconnect because you know, it used to be, oh, well, all of us, you know, we all in the hood. We all live like this. And nobody saw mm-hmm. what we call now black excellence, right? But it's not like that anymore. And people see it's plenty of black excellence. It's plenty of black folks doing well. It's plenty of black kids doing well. So there's, but but they don't identify as being the same. So yeah. that's the divide in our culture is, you know, you either stray from the hood or you kind of you doing something else? Yeah, you uppity, or you you know you <laughs> right, bougie. Right, right, right. So, okay. I mean, that's that's the biggest, and and you know that goes back to we used to talk about this, you and I. That goes back to remember the house slave and the field slave, and yeah, how that yeah, division that, that, is almost that's gonna inbred always, in our DNA. That's gonna always, always, always be a part of our DNA in terms of separation, in terms of how we see each other. And, you know, I don't know how that can be undone. You know, that's a un- we'd have to unlearn that behavior. But yeah, I want to talk about Stunner. <laughs> OK, we'll tell everybody who Stunner is. OK, so first. Stunner is the and every neighborhood has the, you know, the hood rich drug kingpin. Right. I like the dude. So the character Stunner was played by Yaha Abdul Mateen II. I love this dude. I've seen him in a few movies. Um, he was uh Doctor Manhattan in The Watchmen. He played, I Reg- and I don't remember. Oh my him god, watch that! So he was uh Regina uh Regina King's husband on The Watchmen. His show came on HBO. You remember okay. the guy? He mm-hmm. was he was. Mm-hmm. I love this dude. Right, he has such range. He's dynamic, mm-hmm. and um, he only had a few scenes. Okay, but when he did, he jumped off the screen. Like for me, you think so? Oh hell yeah! He his energy was his energy was dope because he comes in right. There's a funeral scene. He comes in. He knows all eyes are on him. It's quiet, but right. He's he's the playing, hood hero. He's the hood hero. But right. look, I, I got to make my mac and cheese for the family, and I'm a I'm a I'm a be this guy, and I'm a be this Robin yeah. Hood. You know, yeah. saving our community. Right. But everybody's comfortable with who he is. But that's because, again, so this goes back to this environment where, you know, it's the violence begets violence. Right. So mm-hmm. you got rival gangs, you got rival drug lords. And so the com- some of the community knows that this goes on. And so him, what he could do is say, you know what, I know, you know, it's, it's almost like he's saying, I, you know, this is, you know, this is fucked up. But here's a box full of cash. <laughs> yeah. For your trouble. For your trouble. Right, but, <laughs> but these my guys, and we gonna handle it. So you don't need the police, you don't need anything. And this was I'm referring to a funeral because one of the neighborhood guys got shot, and and that was the funeral he came to to give, you know, the parents who were grieving mm-hmm, some money. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't even, I mean, and it was like, oh, thank God, thank you, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, like, there, there was no outrage. Like no how, outrage. How dare you give me this blood right, money? See, right. that's the bullshit that people don't. You know, they see shit in movies and they see families like slapping a drug dealer like, I don't want your blood, Mike. Nigga, get nah, the fuck out of here. Yeah, that shit not does real. not fly. That's not real. Um, It 
what what encapsulated all of it was that he still had a different perspective, you know, even though, yeah, I am this big drug dealer, but, you know, hey, I got dreams, too. Yeah. And it almost humanized him. You know, right. and you know what he's what he's doing is wrong, but he's humanized because he's like, hey, I'm I'm doing my thing. You know what? I'm going to help a family in need. But like as I explained to Serenity, there is no life insurance, no 401k for the hood, dude. Like that right. does not exist. Right, right. You know, right. because we're not thinking past tomorrow. So we don't have, you know, you don't have a job. You don't have insurance. You don't have right. benefits. You don't have anything to leave on. Right. No uh, legacy. No legacy at all, except uh, uh, you on a T-shirt. Yeah. So let me, I mean, because I think, you know, and I, I read some of the reviews and some of them were mixed because, and I think into right now, you know, storytelling through film is much, um, much better, I think, than it used, than it used to be. But because film is also saturated with a lot of, you know, plots that are superficial, right? it gets lost sometimes. And so I think, people might have been feeling like well oh this is just a story yeah. <laughs> like there's but nothing you, happening really it's right. just but see, a but day you in need, the life you need more directors like joe robert cole to yeah. tell our story you need somebody like us to tell a story Those about stories. us right and, and so and, it, it it was definitely um it was interesting though i mean i, I kept trying to figure out like is it, what's gonna happen like uh, are we figuring out why he did this did somebody do something to him like what happened <laughs> so and it really was just literally a day in the life of him like right. just his life and he had just decided you know you know I'm, what i wish it would have touched on um because i think there's a mental health component that's missing too. like there's no way a little boy can suffer that much domestic violence trauma trauma growing up right getting his and ass whooped by his dad watching his dad get all up in his mother's face and yeah. not over years develop a calloused behavior yeah become hyper aggressive so that's, that's a very excellent point that's the piece that people don't talk about i mean it's 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 trauma in the hood every day and just because it becomes numbing for some doesn't mean it doesn't have sort of a behavioral and a psychological effect yeah because he would just spaz out you know what i mean like his mother's new boyfriend he spazzed out on him absolutely and so there is some type of mental you know something is missing and i think that's part of it i think that if i don't know where mental health professionals can jump in and stem the tide of this bullshit i don't know what age i mean i don't know no what i'm saying is i don't know what age can they jump in and prevent some of this shit like you know okay is it a five-year-old is it a seven-year-old is it 12 year old because by the time these kids become 12 13 14 they are what they are yeah i'm sure there's an age range of of trauma that stands out but what I will say, because there's a lot of work, you know, around mm-hmm. trying to connect mental illness and violence. Um, but it is definitely something that has been overlooked for things like prison rates and, you know, the hood. I mean, they just don't tie those together because, you know, and I'm going to say it, the overall sense is that this is how we this is our issue. This is how we emerge. This is how we come into wherever we're going to come into. And it's not just a a black issue. Um, But I I think a lot of the world thinks it is like this is not. No, mental health is something different. You Mm -hmm. know, mental health is is looks looks differently. No, this is just because we don't we as a people. When I say we, I mean, black culture 
has a hard time with connecting mental health with anything that we do. We yeah. have a hard time attaching it. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, it's hard. It's just going to keep going and going and going until we figure out how to have those conversations. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a tough call. So another thing, here's another quote that he used and I'm just using the quotables from the movie. He said, loyalty is the currency of the hood. And I think that that loyalty fucked him up. So I'm going to say this. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That is like the the golden rule of the hood, the loyalty thing. Yeah. But at the same time, I've seen this is the second movie I've seen because the first one was Queen and Slim when the the dude sort of, you know, yeah. uh, betrayed Queen and Slim at the end. It, it's, it's the golden rule, but it's really not. It's a golden it's rule really that not. always gets violated because I, you know, growing up in the hood, you always hear that, oh, man, you know, you got to be loyal to the hood, man. You got to always fuck with these dudes who fuck with you when you didn't right. have shit. But then those would be the same dudes who are trying to set you up or pull because some. Because it's the survival yeah. mentality that gets like, oh, okay, well, you know, fuck it. I'm, I'm surviving. So, you know, and, and I think the young dude said it in the movie. He was like, I'm a predator. Like his friend. I mean, and it's an interesting dynamic between the, the two of them. And and I think what he was trying to portray in one of the opening scenes when they were on the playground, um, his friend went with him and sort of encouraged him to, you know, to go find the dude that took his toy. And after his father beat his ass because, he, you know, so he was he was after him at mm-hmm. that point. But his friend came along, you know, he he hit him and that was it. But his friend like beat them up next level but but see that's the issue you know it's your friends and that's that violence that came out of him right it's the it it was his issue but then when you 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 have a friend like oh that's my dog to the end and he's on some bullshit you're gonna be loyal to that guy like oh man you know what that's my guy ain't gonna let nothing happen to him so that that symbiotic relationship is weird to say the least because you have to have a point like they became adults yeah where you got to say, I'm not, right, I'm still doing dumb shit. Like, when do you break away? But that's the, so, you know, that's that hierarchy again of where people sort of get stuck on it and they don't evolve. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it always happens. So anything that you go through trauma in your childhood comes out around about that 38-year-old age. And so they're still young. I mean, they it still hasn't they haven't gotten to the place where they can figure yeah, out. Yeah, when is how your frontal when is when is your frontal I think the frontal lobe is developed? like twenty two or something right. like so that. So those were young dudes. So they they're so the long term processing is just not there. Yeah. And again, they're in the hood, they're in survival mode. So it's day to day. It's not like, oh, this is what I'm gonna be doing in in five years or this is the plan nobody thinks like that Mm -hmm. and so the the mother wasn't thinking like that you know she was trying but she you know i remember a scene where she was like oh he's you know he's doing terrible in school and and so i'm thinking like well mom you gotta step in what's up with you like but they didn't focus he didn't focus on the mother at all really yeah only as she you know as she as her part in this in his story and maybe that was intentional to mm-hmm. just stay focused on the father-son dynamic right um it was another part where his little super thug friend tq said he don't care about white people and what do, why do you care about what white people think of you and that was a moment where like oh, okay he gets it but then in the next uh-huh. sentence he's like i'm gonna be super crazy i'm a predator i'm super thug 
and I'm going to do my shit. But it was almost like he had a moment of levity, like you cannot let what people think about you stop you from being your best. But then he says, I'm a I'm I'm a predator, so I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? It was like, well, damn. So I'm a, I, I took it. I'm going to take a different spin on it. I agreed. He said it and I was like, OK, so he's aware yeah, but he I has self-awareness. He it, but I think he said it in the context of sort of the intimidation factor of a greater people, right? So thinking, like, they don't give a fuck about us. We're not going to never be as good as them, meaning, you know, the white person or white race or white privilege, whatever yeah. you want to call it. That's how I think he was talking about it. So, like, fuck them. Just, you know, we got to do what we got to do to survive day to day. That's how I took it. I look at it as him being self-aware. I, I, I really do. I really like, you know, encountering a lot of young dudes, you know, in my life. A lot of them are smart. A lot of them are super smart. And if they were in any other environment, could be mathematicians, scientists, bankers, CEOs. I think he had, I think that young dude was on that level because he was talking about, oh, I want to consolidate power. You know, he so he had it within him to be something other than what he was. But his environment swallowed him up. Right. You can't you know, you're not going to leave where you from if there's no consequence. So he lived how he was living. And, yeah. But I but I still all like to say, I think him saying, like, I don't care what white people think of me. Why should you care? You should do what you need to do. I thought that was, yeah. you know, that was, I mean, if he had said, why do you care about people in general maybe but i i, mm-hmm. I there i think there is an inferior um an inferiority complex oh, yeah all um, the time there, you know yeah i, mean, I agree you know and and i think i mean we we've seen this right you invite you know you know somebody who is straight from the hood and you you know we invite them somewhere and they a totally different person because they're around people they're not familiar with yeah they don't they, and they don't know how to be yeah they don't know how to assimilate into the matrix they feel <laughs> insecure because they don't know how to right but they're super comfortable in their own hood yeah the, being the loudest voice doing whatever saying whatever and that's you know and that's the part of it it's like when when you take them out of that pond and try to put them into the ocean it doesn't translate and i think that survival mentality doesn't allow them to think past we got to make money to live and eat versus kind of, you know, how you and I grow up, which is we you you focus on education and then figuring out what your next move is and figuring out like what your career path is and what you want to do. It's just taught different. It's yeah, taught yeah. different. Or go find something you want to do and right. learn all you and can about it. And not have to worry about, yeah. you know, eating or paying bills or helping somebody do this, that, and the third. So mm-hmm. um, that is the major difference. So talk a, let's talk a little bit about the prison aspect. Um, They really didn't touch on prison like i thought it would yeah i thought it, they would touch i thought on it would go but I'm, I'm glad they didn't because that would yeah. be lazy writing to just say all right let's just right. make it a jailhouse scene right right, right. because it's, it's bigger than that yeah but it was i wish i could have saw more of you know what the fuck that felt like to be in jail with your father not right. Not some dude off the street who you call pops that you knew, but like your actual father who you know is in jail with you. That yeah, that, that, that was, is crazy. That's that crazy. Scene, I mean, you know, I was like, wow, does does this really happen? 
Is this yes. like a, a thing? But here's the thing. This is what I, I take from it. It's like they didn't really, I mean, they lived in the same house since he was little, but yeah, his father wasn't a, a stranger to him. He wasn't a stranger, but they didn't they weren't connected in a in a in a sort of relational way. So when they were in prison, to me, it felt like they were just inmates together. There was nothing different. Well, yeah, his his father didn't know him. Right. His father didn't know him, but his father talked to him like, you know, like, hey, you got to be aware of what you're doing in here. This is this is the big leagues. This ain't the street. Right. You know, shit ain't what you think it is. Right, right, right. So it was um, it was tough. It was a it was a tough watch because yeah, that hit tough. home. That's not like some made up shit. Like that is. I thought it was. I was that's like, part this of our. Happen. Oh, girl, you can find a million stories on 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 the internet so, about fathers and, and sons funny, in jail at the same time. And it's funny because after the movie, I was like, you know, I, I happened to be because I know we were gonna talk about the movie, and I found this little statement um or not statement but this article that um and i'll just read this quick little paragraph but basically so it's called intergenerational transmission of violence and it was first documented in the 1940s when a husband and wife team at harvard found that two-thirds of boys in the boston area sent by a court to a reformatory had a father who had been arrested and then 45% also had a mother who had been arrested. And so then in 2007, the Justice Department's Bureau of Justice Statistics concluded that half of the roughly 800,000 parents behind bars have a close relative who has previously been incarcerated. And so so this sort of intergenerational transmission of violence um, sort of speaks to the environmental behavior piece of it all, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a predictor sometimes. And so the article says a lot. It was, it was um, a pretty good article. But um, it also mentioned, you know, that it, you have to break the environment, um, the environmental um, structure in order to sort of change that, which, you know, I think is absolutely true. Oh, I I don't disagree with that. I think the only problem is breaking the environmental structure. Where are people going to go? Like, at what point do you put the fork in the rope? Yeah, because a lot of people don't have anything, any place to go. If you look at the quarantine and the rate of people who are getting sick and how disproportionate it is with, you know, blacks and Latinos being the sickest because we are the ones in the most densely populated living arrangements. You think that's what it is? Oh, absolutely. Like, where can you go? If if there's an apartment, two-bedroom apartment, and there are like five to six people living in there, how can you socially distance yourself and you still need to be a frontline worker? Right, yeah. like it's 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 crazy. Yeah, and and so this the the reason this movie makes sense is because what can you do? Where can you go? Right. You want to leave? How do you break it? Yeah, how do you break well, free? Well, part of it is psychological. I think. I mean, it, there's definitely something to be said about how when you're a child, the things that you see, hear, and are told affect you tremendously. So if if as a mother you know, she might have kept saying, I don't want him to be like you. I don't want him to be like you. 
But if she wasn't taking any action to change the environment, whether that be sending him to a different type of school or sending him to a program or doing something like that, I don't necessarily mean because I know it's not the answer is not move everybody out of one out of the hood because, yeah, they can move out of Inglewood and go right into another hood, <laughs> you know, yeah. and different problems go out arise. West. So I know that's not the answer, but I think there is there's there's something there that you have to be able to try to figure out Mm -hmm. how to use resources and find resources or find somebody to show you Mm -hmm. where they are. They exist. I mean, I, I know they exist. So there's just this. It's a hard. I mean, we're talking about it casually. It's a definitely a really tough um, mm-hmm. topic and, and, and part of that is systemic. I, I never want to leave that out because I don't let me be very clear. This is systemic. I mean, oh, yeah. This is in the criminal justice system. This is something that's followed us from 400 years ago. So these are systemic issues. But there are um, small batches of hope, I think, organizations and programs that try to help um, Mm -hmm. with the guidance and the and the psychological um, part of it that that I think a lot of people just either don't use or they don't know how to use or. um, And again, I think a lot of it is fear of of being better. Yeah. And the pressure and that comes with it and the responsibility that you have once you take a foot forward a step forward you got to keep going <laughs> yeah and that and that pull that gravitational pull from the hood is strong yeah you can always find someone who's like all right i'm gonna do something different but they they just can't do it right now because i'm loyal to this guy and i'm right. gonna keep fucking with this this dude i'm gonna keep doing my thing right but in the back of their mind they want to do something different that right. was his struggle up until the point where we saw what he did was like yeah. he wanted to do something different. He wanted to be a father. He wanted to do it the right way. He wanted to, you know, he had some missteps, but he wanted to be a rapper, producer, whatever. But he did have some goals. But it seemed like every step of the way when he wanted to do something, he would get the, oh, man, I ain't trying to, I ain't feeling your shit. Your shit yeah. ain't hot. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the, it, it, it was never. Rejection. It and was so you rejection. constantly getting that. It's like at some point you like, well, I can't, I can't get ahead. And see, that's where your support system comes. So if all your support are doing the same thing, then you got, you have a very slim chance <laughs> of trying to yeah. do it on your own. I yeah. mean, it's, I mean, you know, you think about people who are successful, especially black um, people who are successful. Some of them, even if they didn't have family that was on it, supporting them, they had somebody mentors or something or somebody that sort of gave them a sense of a- ability to, to keep going or push forward or, I know there's a means to an end or I know there's something else, something greater, another door to open. However, people got there, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so I think that's just the part that's missing. I mean, you can't get some people from the hood to even consider college. No, (laughs) You can't even get them to consider it because they, in their mind, in this particular demographic, in their mind, just kind of, it's, it overpowers that part. The the survival part overpowers it. Like we have to live. Like we gotta eat, put food on us. I have to have cash. You know, it's like I have to have cash right now. That's all that matters. I can't think about nothing else. Right. So we we are we're coming up on time, but a couple of questions I wanted to ask. Okay. What 
what can we learn from from those type of hood or and I'm using air quotes, but those hood relationships? What can we derive from that? Like, is the is it hard for any young man to escape the hood? Because I find that hard to believe because there, there are plenty of examples of, of young people sure. who said, fuck it. Yeah, I'm going for it. And there's nothing going to hold me back. Yeah. But for every guy like that, we got like ten Jacors, we got ten TQs, right? Right. You know, right, for right. every one Lamarck who who says, right. "I want out of this bullshit," right? So it, I think that's the question that the 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 director and the screenwriter left us with: like, how do we deal with these relationships? And we all have family members in in some type of situation. You know, what else can we learn from fathers and sons who are in jail and the decimation of, you know, black manhood in the community? Right. Because that was a metaphor for for our our what's going on in our neighborhoods. The The path path is going to end up in jail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he has a dad because what his dad is in jail. Yeah. Because it's not always. And I know that you say that a lot um, when we talk about I know you heavily believe in you need, you know, it, the importance of having a, a, a two parents or having a father. And I, you know, I always say different, you know, sometimes I, I just, it's not that it's not always that um, parents are people that choose to support you, mm-hmm. whether they're by blood or not. Um, and, and I don't necessarily know that as a young man, maybe, but not as a young woman. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into that. That's a topic for another day. But my, my bottom line is there are plenty of families who have two parents and one is inactive. Yeah. And so that doesn't mean that that person is going to come out any different. What it could mean is that person grows up with the sense of that, you know, it's always going to be a parent that's not doing shit. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole that presents a different set of problems. Right. So I don't I don't know that that that's it. I think it's more of this is what's happening right now. So the rate of black men in prison today is still greater than any other. So I think his story was strong and, and important because of that message. And to really look at why that is you have to dig into the racism you have to dig into the systemic inequities you have to dig Mm -hmm. into those things that let's just be honest we just had an issue with a young man in georgia right so we're not there (laughs) and and what's what blows my mind sometimes and you know i don't get too heavily caught in the political crap about it but what i will say what blows my mind is that now that we have social media we can see how people are reacting to these things mm-hmm. and they have very very different reactions i mean there are some people who are like this is outrage there's other people like well he was probably doing this so the 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 narrative is still very similar and that is the problem mhm mhm yeah i i agree i agree so we're going to wrap up, but let me see. IMDb, the rating was 5.9 out of 10. Um, I know that's tough. But, tough. you know, I think, again, that goes back to I think that's because it was simply a story. It wasn't it didn't have any resolution. There yeah. was not, you know, it wasn't an action movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There was no villain and there was no good guy. And so I think that was just a, a gritty story that that was told. And I think a lot of people just weren't ready for it. They can't receive it. Yeah, I give it a a solid eight. 
it gets a solid eight from from me. Solid eight. Yeah, I give it a I, I'll give it a solid seven only because I think that in a story like that, the the mother character and sort of her perspective is should be important too, um, based on the fact that she was so present. You know, there was a, a a pretty powerful scene where she visited him in prison and she had a lot to say. And so that it didn't hold as much weight because we didn't know what sort of the dynamic for them was. Yeah. Like if they had yeah. gotten closer because of his dad being gone or, you know, what that dynamic was. So, yeah, yeah. so that that's I would give it a seven. But it was it was it was a good story. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it it for it to touch all the or excuse me, check all the boxes. It would have had to have been at least three hours, <laughs> right? To you know, seriously, to yeah. to you know, if we want to talk about you know, mom, yeah. dad, son, you yeah. know, hood, yeah, you know, you you, you know, gotta do a lot. It, it, that's a lot I of wonder, character development to do that in it, a squ- in a short period of time. Yeah, it was tough. I wonder, um, because you know, when I was watching it, I was getting, you know, we watched it, um. And I, I was getting a little confused in the, some of the language and the hood language that I'm not too familiar with. Well, some of with. that language was, was was indigenous to the people of Oakland. Right, right, like, right. That's I, what like, you were saying. Like, I would but know I'm thinking about, being in Chicago, I know certain things. Right, right. You, you know. know some of the, the language. But, okay, so that's true. But the other piece of it was kind of like it moved really fast. So I'm thinking, like, if I'm – and I, I could – I have you right. You explain it a little bit to me, and I'm I'm t- digging into my inner whatever I can remember. But listen, imagine someone you know who is not black, mm-hmm. who isn't familiar with this, who is is watching this. No way they can keep up with the plot. No way they can I keep disagree. up. I disagree. I don't think so. They, like knowing who's who in the flashbacks, and it's it. It was a little. it, yeah, it, it moved was, really it, fast. It moved fast, but it 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 challenges you to become invested in the character, in the humanity of the character. It it, it challenges you us you us as a black culture. I'm talking about you know a white. I'm talking about somebody white. I think it it, it challenges a a, a, a a non-person of color to look at that objectively and say, God damn, this is fucked up. But not to be some bleeding heart person, like I want to go save the world, but to give it the benefit of the doubt, like, oh my God, do I have this this innate racism in me that's, you know, subconsciously pushed down when I see a, a black kid in the store with a hoodie on as he's sticking up the joint? Oh, he works there. But I don't know okay, the backstory so, so, that so. this kid doesn't know how to dress because he hasn't been taught proper work life skills you know what i mean it's so like a lot that goes behind it so let's keep it real because if i go in a store and i see somebody <laughs> dressed like that i'm feeling the same way until you until the person presents themselves as something now, otherwise see, i wish they would have done that instead of using a white person feeling nervous right. about seeing a black kid another black in the store. it should have been another black person because I'm here to say it. Whoever is listening to the sound of my voice, <laughs> we are wait, scared wait, wait, of mo- we are scared of motherfuckers too. It's like, <laughs> it's like shit. What this motherfucker facts. doing in the store? You, Wait a minute, facts, you got on a hood. Facts, facts. You I, work here, listen. but like, but see, I think that's the problem. They think all black people are monolithic, and that we 
engage with each other on the same level and we, and do, we do not, not yeah. and so that's, that's we we look true. at it the same way like oh look he clearly give doesn't work intel, here nine nine uh nine black people give me some intel here no we yeah but here's and so you, you're absolutely right and i think and that would have been a moment that could have showed that a little bit better but it just seems odd like it was hard for me to keep up and, <laughs> and figure out what was happening until we started it over and I had to, you know, so it did move fast. And, and the other thing I'll say, and I'm always say this and I stick by what I say is that some people simply think that is who we are. And so it doesn't seem odd to them. It doesn't seem unfair. It doesn't seem just, it looks like, Oh, you like the hood. You want to be in the hood. Like, this is your stuff. Like mm-hmm. y'all, y'all stay cause y'all choose to stay right. or y'all are there. You don't make enough money because you don't have no, any, uh, no, you don't have an education to do anything different, but you don't want an education right. to do anything different. So right. I think that's the perspective some people come with, but you know, what's good though. And we'll talk about this later. You got somebody like a TH to Gates. That lives in the Aster Gates. Please, no, no. Me and him are cool, so I'm gonna call him (laughs) Diaster. But no, but like that brother lives in the hood. Yeah, right. He has immaculate spots in the hood. Yeah. But so we're gonna need more of that. Like to say we are not afraid to be amongst each other. Well, let me keep it all. I'm afraid to live in the hood, so Uh, I'm just gonna keep that right there. But I understand what you're saying, and that's fine. Everybody, again everybody isn't singing the is not the the role model right right <laughs> you know and everybody even michael jordan said that on the documentary right. he, he right. made it very clear he like if i inspire you fine but if i don't maybe i ain't the the dude who needs you know you should use as a role model right like he, and that he, guy so i got a lot of push there's so many mixed emotions and feelings about that and you know what we should talk about that in the next part yeah we're gonna have to pull i'm gonna have to i love mike he's the goat but we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have to call him out on that one so look all right wrapping up i give it an eight you give it a seven i give it a, a seven half. however i say my suggestion is to watch the movie especially non what do you call it? People of word? color. Yeah, non people of color. Is that does that make sense? Non, well, because you know, I'm non I, non. Well, we don't want to say non color people. <laughs> no, non people of color. That's fine. Non people of color. I mean, I you know, yeah. we can say it's you know, storytelling. White, you know, to my white friends listening, just watch it. I think it's good storytelling. I think it um provides perspective. Yeah. On 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 what it's like for some of these young dudes. I think right. all we see on TV are the images of murder kill robbery carjacking blah 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 but we don't know the backstory right right? we we, we're just i think the assumption is that these kids wake up and they wake up and choose violence yeah and 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 it's like a long history of violence ingrained in them right right, right, that they become numb to so i think it yeah it was a modern day (sighs) it was better than menace to society right well i don't so you know you you if you look at the, I this this is actually a genre to me this movie and mm-hmm. I don't know if people caught that, right? If we look at the if you rewind back to history we had the timeline Boys in the Hood Minister Society, mm-hmm. right? We had Juice Colors with, Colors like if you go all the way back and start down the line from when but most of them are in Cali. I know, yeah, <laughs> like, but Juice was a New York thing, right? Okay, so yeah, there were a yeah, lot Juice. of movies, or yeah. if, or you look at the TV shows now, like The Shy yeah. or The Wire that took yeah. place in Baltimore. Yeah, 
if you just look at that narrative, they all have the same thing yeah. where they're trying to humanize young People. black kids who are violent, but right. there's a reason behind their violence. It's, right. I think the, the assumption is that these are kids who don't give a shit, and it's not like that. It's yeah, not I agree. like that. I agree. So I think someone, you should watch it objectively with an open mind. Yeah. Um, I watched it twice. Yeah, right. I, so I watching watched it the like second time even time. made me feel even a little more comfortable. Like, oh, okay, I see where he was going with that. I missed right. it the first time around. Right. Because it but moved fast. It did fast move fast. Spot. But um, I just want to say, you know, I know we can turn it around. When I say we, I'm talking about our culture. I'm talking about black people. Um, I hope people watch the movie and feel like maybe they can reach somebody or help somebody or touch somebody who won't make that same mistake. Okay, and 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 my take my takeaway would be I hope that non people of color can look at that and maybe have a different perspective on how they feel when they see, you know, someone from these environments that that you know that it's it you know maybe they can just understand the story a little bit more. All right, all right. So so all day and a night, it's in the top ten right now on netflix um check it out and then um what else is that it uh, real quick i want to give a shout out to okay. andre harrell rest in peace oh, rest in yes, power absolutely one of the one of the giants in the culture of hip of the hip-hop community anybody who absolutely. loves puffy needs to know that andre harrell is the was the black executive that helped pave the way started uptown records worked at motown just a dynamic dude did a lot for the communities and and he helped push forward black music um also rest in power rest in peace little richard good golly miss molly oh my god like how old was he (laughs) oh little richard was like 80 plus so i'm gonna look up his i'm gonna put it in the show notes i'll put a little something about little richard and andre harrell but little richard passed on very instrumental in rock and roll. Um, yeah. A lot of people stole his shit. <laughs> like, let's let's keep it real. Like, a lot of people stole him and Chuck Berry's music and, and claimed it for their own. But Little Richard, right. um, big ups, deserves the respect. Um, whatever, I don't care what you think about him, but in, in our culture, you know, we got we have to pay our respects. So Andre Harrell, rest in power. Little Richard, rest in power. Thank you for listening to the Speak Therapy podcast. Be on the lookout next week for the next trending show on Netflix. So we're only going to pull shows from the top 10. So we don't know until Until, Monday, Tuesday. We'll look. We'll take another look Monday and we'll see what the next top 10 is. And we'll pull something from that. All right. As always, I love working with my wife. All right. Peace. Stay blessed and make sure you wash your hands. (laughs) 